AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Hold it. Now release slowly. Again, deep inhale. Hold. Release. Repeating internally to yourself as you connect to my voice. I am deeply well. I am deeply well. I am deeply well. I'm Debbie Brown, and this is the Deeply Well Podcast. Welcome to Deeply Well, a soft place to land on your journey, 
a podcast for the curious and creative that are ready to expand on their path of higher consciousness and self-care. This is where you heal. This is where you become. I'm Debbie Brown, and this episode is going to be so many things. (laughs) I already feel in my spirit as we're starting to record this, that this episode is going to be filled with so much fun, so much wisdom, and so many expansive thoughts. It is an absolute honor and pleasure to bring to the show today one of my dearest friends, Krista Williams. Krista is the co-founder of Almost 30, global community and brand providing online learning and resources for navigating life's transitions. Almost 30, the podcast is a top spirituality and wellness podcast reaching over 100 million downloads. She also is the co-creator of Morning Microdose, a daily dose of inspiration ranked top news podcast by Spotify. Krista leads global retreats, speaks all over the world, and is the visionary for Modern Tarot, which provides luxury tarot tools for the modern life. Inspired by the impact it's made on her life, she is certified in internal family systems, a psychotherapy technique which she leverages to help others experience greater self-love. Lifelong empath, feeler, rebel, teacher, and trained energy healer, she is a lover of life and a fan of living it. Krista, welcome to the show. Thank you. Right when we started, I started laughing because I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) I was just like giggling. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited to be here with you. You know, can I say like there is a nervousness that comes in me when I have Um, friends on the show. (laughs) I I was just praying. I'm like grounding my energy asking all my guides to like put me back on earth Mm. because I think there's just such, we have such magic together. And so to be here in this space where I'm like, I want to be so present with you and I want to just, I'm so impressed by you. So I also want to impress. Mm -hmm. There's that part of me that wants to do that. And then when you have your bio read, you're like, oh my God, it's like almost embarrassing. You're Isn't like, it? You're yes. like, who? who is this yes. like, container? Yes. You're like, thank you for introducing my persona. Like, <laughs> I'm so glad that they're present, but like, I'm here right now. <laughs> oh my God. Like every time someone reads a bio, I'm always like, oh, stop perceiving me. Yes. Stop yes, perceiving yes. me. <laughs> and I'm like, what is all that stuff? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's, it always feels out of date. Even if I write it today, it always feels out of date. And it always feels try hard, but it also is like, it doesn't cover, it's just, it's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because especially in, you know, like a non-industry way where yeah. titles are, you know, currency. Yes. It's it's like, um, yeah, it, it always feels interesting. Like I always feel like I'm cringing because I'm feeling the ego of it. But yes. at the same time, the people that you're speaking to need the clarity yeah. of who you are, what your experiences yeah. are. It's it's this interesting dance. But And I'm like excited for the point in time, if I ever have one, where I'm so successful that it's like, it one speaks name. for itself. Yes. <laughs> like Barack Obama's Instagram bio is like father. You're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just like, I can like be so famous that I'm like, I'm a father. That's it. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just Obama. Yes. Or share or just. Yes. Know, yes. Like, it's like, it speaks for itself. <sighs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So speaking of bios being outdated yeah. and the speed of the ways in which we grow and mm-hmm. transform. 
who are you now? Mm. What are you living right now? Mm. Yeah, in this moment, um, I'm someone that is changing and transforming and allowing and being with all of the parts of me that I'm reclaiming. Um, I recently left my marriage. So we were together for 10 years. Um, you were such an important part of my process and being my support for that. And I'm in a grief portal, you know, and I'm in something where every day feels different. And I think I've reached the point where I'm past like the liberation romanticizing period that I had at the beginning where I had this part of me that really, really over-indexed on why I wanted to leave and was almost like convincing me why I should go. And so I was so steadfast in that, that I really overlooked a lot of the beauty of our relationship and like the love that I had for this person. And so now I'm in the period of really recognizing like the deep grief of losing someone in my life that was so significant and the love that we had. And, um, and you know, grief, you could be tying your shoe at the grocery store and it'll hit you and you just never can be prepared. You never know when it's going to happen. Um, but I'm in a period now where I'm really, really in it and I'm really, really being present for it. And when you're an awakened, enlightened person, that means you get to experience a lot of beauty in your life. And then you're really here and present for the pain. So it means I'm very present for the pain. There's no numbing. I miss the days when I would numb almost. You know, yeah. being present for that grief is is really real. Oh my God. God, that's so powerful. Mm. Yeah, it, you know, it's really interesting because I think, um, obviously, as you know, but I haven't spoken as much on the show about it, but I got divorced um, from a 10-year marriage and I've been divorced for about three years and I filed for divorce like the first week of the pandemic. So I'm, as you know, <laughs> that grief container in the midst of a global pandemic was quite interesting. Um, but you know, I really resonate with what you're saying because when you're in the midst of getting divorced, you have to lean into the practicality of it, right? Like, and so you have to, you're trying to get really clear on what... Um, you know, you're leading motivation for doing it yes. and you wear it kind of like a mantra yes. so that you can stay in the forward motion. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's such a deep reminder of like, this is who I'm becoming and that's what I'm walking towards. And th these are my convictions. Why? And when you're married, there's so much practicality of figuring out, like, if you have children, what is custody? Mm -hmm. How are you going to move forward in that? If you have a home, a shared living space, it's like the technical aspects of, you know, you're moving out or I'm moving out or we're selling and you're doing all of like the worldly configurations that there isn't actually the time for what it truly is, which is a heartbreak. Even if it's like coming from such a space of deep knowing and conviction that this is the right choice, it's a heartbreak, mm -hmm. but you have to almost stay for those that are able cordial or in the, again, in the practicality of it. But eventually that, that other piece, when you have to review what's the totality of our time together, mm -hmm. you know, what did that ac actually look like? How did that feel? Hopefully for some, there's like the really great memories to mm -hmm. lean into that you grieve and you remember seeing that person as different versions. Mm -hmm. Um, especially the versions that you really connected with at first mm -hmm. where you really got each other. Yes. And then for others, there's also some of the more, you know, painful pieces, which is like, God, they made me feel like this. Yes. Or 
this happened because of this or this part hurt and all of it has to be witnessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it is the practicality period is like over for me and I'll never forget the move out day because we had lived together, you know, for a long time and he moved out. I kept the place. And just on that day, I was like, I expected to feel so much. I probably talked to you at some point, but I was like full in my masculine, like this goes here, this, and I was no feeling at all because I was so much in the, let's get it done. Let's do this. Let's just experience it. But then you move through so many waves of emotions and iterations of being. But I've really noticed and witnessed in this process how I really romanticize a lot of our relationship. And it's very interesting that I only can, I don't only remember the good times, but I only am looking at it in a very specific positive light. And it's almost like all the reasons why I feel like we didn't work, I overlook. Mm. And it's been interesting and beautiful, but it's almost like a little bit of delusion there. So I'm curious if at some point I'm going to have the period in time where I'm like angry. And when I'm like, yo, this was not okay. This did not work for me. Like, because there's an aspect of me right now that's really present. That's like, wow, it was so beautiful and it was so good. And I'm so grateful. And that is a pattern that I have oftentimes, you know, when you understand healing and when you understand the spiritual path, you know, the final destination is forgiveness. You know, the final destination is gratitude. So sometimes I will completely bypass everything and be like, I'm so grateful for that experience. <laughs> like, oh my God, like forgiven. Who cares? Not me. Everything and that was amazing. Purpose. Yeah. Like, wow, that was really meaningful. And then I completely like forget that like that sucked and was wrong. And yeah, you know, so I am curious if I will reach that point in this Mm. healing process. But right now I'm in the like forgive and forget part, which is like fine, fine and fine. The sacred rage will come. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sacred rage will come. Yes. There is. Yeah, there. I mean, there's no way around that part, but bless for some of the more romanticized viewing because yes. it helps us through. Yes. You know, it does. It's like, especially if you've been in a relationship that is so long tenured, yeah. it's like you want it to mean something more than just pain. Yes. You know, like that is an entire version of you that, you know, in the way that we're each talking, but for everyone, their timelines will be different. But 10 years? Mm-hmm. 10 years, that's, that is making it through undergrad, through your doctorate yeah. in something, yes. right? Like 10 years is an entire version of you yes. that will no longer exist ever, you know? And so sometimes it's even, at least I've found, you know, it's like you're grieving that version of you that you weren't fully present with because you may mm-hmm. have been in an environment where you were in all the coping mechanisms and all the, you know, fawn, flight, fear, you know, freeze. freeze. <laughs> like, so it's just, it's, it's just so fascinating. Um, I found the way you have to make room, make room mm. for that, that version to be laid to rest mm. and accepted. I'm curious about sacred rage and your process with that. Mm. You know, what have you done? Because I'm sure that and isn't it, you know, and just in, in my process with sacred rage, sometimes I will, my, in order to bypass rage, because that feels like a harder emotion, I'll go to depression. Yeah. And so I'll, and I'll notice and have to be mindful when I'm depressed of like, what kind of anger could I be suppressing? So yeah. in your process, what was the rage like, or how Ooh. did you work through that? Mm. 
Mm. For me, based on my life and background, it was about giving myself this space to actually be angry. Like, I think I'm someone, and we, I mean, we talk about this a lot, but I think, you know, I'm somebody that since I was a kid always kind of felt like I, my human design, Mm -hmm. my path is the exemplary human. Mm -hmm. So the blueprint for that is that you're kind of always a role model. So I was a kid who adults were coming to for advice. So I was always finding solutions, but I never actually was able to feel anything for real, um, in my life that I was angry about. I always kind of defaulted to the bypass of, I would boundary and I would protect myself very often and remove myself, but it was always about instantaneously moving into the grace Mm -hmm. for the person or the situation. Um, and so, you know, I really realized I, I want to taste anger. Mm -hmm. Like that is, I think it's ridiculous, this idea that we shouldn't be allowed to be upset or angry about things. Now, there's a balance. There's a harmony to that, right? Like my, I don't believe my anger should ever infringe on another's personhood, that my anger should ever be allowed to cause harm Mm -hmm. to someone else. That doesn't mean I can't feel it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I had to understand in my process. And so my anger didn't hit me for a long time. Mm. My anger hit me, I think too, it's like, you know, I have a young child. So I was just instantly kind of moving into single mom life, global pandemic. And it was like, I had just started a, a really beautiful, expansive role um, at a company that meant a lot to me. Mm. So it was kind of like I had to channel into wisdom really fast, mm-hmm. but I knew it would come. And so I used to set like appointments in my, in my phone and in my calendar to cry and to get angry. You know, I knew I wanted to hold myself in a certain way with my child. So I leaned heavy on my meditation practice every day so that I could do it authentically and not performatively. But then it was like setting, literally setting an alert in my calendar that I would call something, you know, beautiful. And I'd be like, Oh, that's my cue to cry. That's my cue to scream. Um, I did a lot of somatic work. Like I worked with this amazing woman, um, Jackie, the muscle whisperer, Mm -hmm. and she did a lot of deep fascial work on my body. And that gives you a chance to scream Mm -hmm. it out, to be pissed. Um, I move into forgiveness really fast. Like Mm -hmm. even if I'm harmed, I'll cut you off in a second. Make Mm -hmm. no mistake. Like the boundaries are fierce and they're usually forever. Mm -hmm. But, um, I move into forgiveness really fast. Like I see the child and other people really fast. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Like you will be living the life you deserve, Mm -hmm. you know, for better or worse. You've created, you know, what will come. Mm -hmm. And wow, I know that that to make those choices, you had to be X, Y, and Z Mm -hmm. kind of ways, you know. But, um, But yeah, the rage scream. Yeah. You know, and, and this is for everyone listening. If, if someone has hurt you, harmed you, if something feels unfair, it's not always that you have to seek justice, yes. quote unquote, in this external way, though there is absolutely room for that. Mm-hmm. But it's more like, even if it's just in your own pillow with a trusted group of friends, if you book time at maybe, you know, one of those rooms, they have them in LA where you oh, we need to do break one. a bunch of stuff, yes. a rage room. Rage room. Mm-hmm. Let yourself get fucking mad. Yes. Say, yes. like, cuss somebody out for filth mm-hmm. to yourself. Mm-hmm. Write a rage letter where you are calling them literally everything other than a child of God. Do that. Mm-hmm. And then breathe mm-hmm. and burn it. 
mm-hmm. and find the joy in your life and move forward. Mm-hmm. And it's like that saying, I have so much I want to talk about. So, but that saying is, it's so real. Like, not that we should ever be seeking revenge. Like God has it all covered. Mm-hmm. But I love the saying, you know, it's like success is the best revenge. Like you will see me rise. Mm -hmm. My Lord, will you see me shine? Mm -hmm. And hopefully that heals you. Hopefully you can seek atonement through that, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I love what you said about the practicality piece, because I think when people hear this, they can get overwhelmed. And it's like, it's actually, let's take this huge concept of feeling rage for reasons unknown, sometimes known and sometimes unknown, and then actually bring it down to like, how am I going to do this? Yeah. I'm going to put time on my calendar. And it's actually that easy sometimes. Yeah. That's what I'll do sometimes with, you know, I, I don't love to be in like divine feminine or divine masculine or kind of think about those in such polarities, but I do want to be able to tap into like my true essence and femininity a little more. And I put time on my calendar for it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to paint. I'm going to, you know, do my pleasure practice. I'm going to take a bath. I'm going to do all these things. And it happens when we actually create like the foundation and container for it and actually try. And I remember when you were going through your, you know, to your portal in the pandemic and really in this period and you made time for your magic. You were like, I actually made time for my magic. And when people want to be powerful, when they want to be magical, when they want to be influential, when they want to be whatever they want to be, you actually have to practically make time for it and really get clear. Like if I want to be intuitive, if I want to be whatever these things, put it in the calendar and make time for it. And it, and it can be nebulous. It can be a nebulous thing where I'm like, femininity is the box that I'm putting on my calendar. And then I can feel into what that is. But I really want people as much as they can to really think about what matters to them and really make time for it in ways that they can do. That's so powerful. And it's so real. It's just nothing just becomes because you say it. (laughs) You know, it's like you really and and I think that's what we have been bypassing as a society, especially like the the millennial and um Gen Z generations, the the elder Gen Zs, because we are in such a fast pace and it's really about presentation and perception and all these things. And so there hasn't been an, as much space for the embodiment of process, the figuring out what your tools are, what your gifts are. Like something I say all the time is like, that's not a weekend of vision boarding. That is like, you know what? I'm going to give myself the year. I'm going to give myself a two-year container to dive into this. We don't have to rush to share. You don't have to rush to teach yoga after your first class. You don't have to rush to inform the world how to meditate after a week of meditation. It's live with your practice, embody it, Mm -hmm. and then see how you're uniquely meant to share it in service Mm -hmm. to the freedom of others. Yep. I, Krista, one of the things that is so breathtaking about you to me that I just like, you know, one of the things that I shared at the beginning of the episode is like, you know, you have this monumentally successful podcast, Mm -hmm. right? hundred million downloads. Mm -hmm. Like you and Lindsay, shout out to Lindsay. Love you. You and Lindsay have just such a phenomenal, authentic show Mm -hmm. and something you do, again, that I'm just always like, you share yourself at the deepest level on your show, but not in a way that is egoic. It's mm-hmm. not a show where you're talking about yourself and what you're doing for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. It's like 
you're such a brilliant person and you get into the fibers like a scientist, like a, like a doctor, like, you know, like a, a Harvard professor with everything you approach. And then you kind of like dissect it and learn it. And then you share it in a way that really brings people to, to tools, to new ways of experiencing themselves, to new practices. Um, and one of the things that, you have been just so beautifully sharing about is what you're sharing about, like the process of uncoupling, the process of becoming, the process of, you know, so many different journeys you've been on, whether that is with psychedelics or different kinds of retreats. You recently did something Mm -hmm. that, I mean, I think we were having lunch and you casually mentioned it to me. And I literally was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) What? That's being friends with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like, yeah, there's this thing. <laughs> there's this thing. You did an experience recently mm-hmm. where you went on a darkness retreat mm-hmm. and you went into this experience also as part of your grief work moving yeah. through the ending of this really substantial relationship. Mm-hmm. What is what is the darkness? Mm-hmm. The darkness is something that I was very scared of for a long time. You know, the darkness um, retreat that I did is something that I'd heard about from a friend of mine who was talking about his experience in the darkness. And I said to God in that moment, if this is meant for me, make it easy. Mm. And the next day, the founder of the darkness retreat emailed me and said, we'd love to have you come. Would you be interested to come? And I said, I would love to. You know, I don't really know why I'm doing this, but I trust. And that has been a lot of my path lately is I don't know why I'm doing things that I'm doing, but I'm trusting it. And it's not making sense in the moment. I don't have a clear reason. So that means, you know, outside of the darkness, I'm at rituals and circles and plant medicine ceremonies where they ask my intention. And I actually don't even really know. I'm like, I actually don't know in this moment because that's really just my ego being like, I really want to connect with my guides and, (laughs) you know, bring back Atlantean codes and whatever it is. I don't know. You know, I wish I did, but I don't know. So I decided to do a darkness retreat in October. And um, it was when I decided it was a few months before we had determined in my relationship that it was going to end. Mm -hmm. And we had been on a trial separation before that. So the darkness just so happened to happen um, kind of like at the end of the trial separation period. So I knew going into the darkness what was going to happen when we came out, which was our separation inevitably. And I wanted to go in and fully feel my grief. And I wanted to go into the darkness and really, really be with my own essence and energy. I really think that we overlook how much we interact with the world outside of us with the temperature, with caffeine, with supplements, with the light, with people around us, with so many different things. So to be really stripped of that and really tune into like the actual soul essence of me in the darkness was my goal. I've never been able to be with my soul in a way like that where I have nothing to react to. In plant medicine ceremonies or things like that, you're, you're essentially entertained. You're watching entertainment a lot of times. I'm watching my soul in different lifetimes. I'm connecting with, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it can be entertainment. So the strip of that was something that really was going to push me and I was excited about. So the darkness for everyone listening 
the darkness retreats, they hold them all over the world. Um, they're from various lineages over time when people would go basically in caves for 40, 40 days, you know, 30 days, however much time, um, sometimes without food, sometimes with. This is one that's done in Oregon in the middle of nowhere. We had food, um, but it's basically four days, um, four nights and three days in sensory deprivation in absolute pitch black um, with nothing, nothing. So I don't have caffeine, phone, computer, um, anyone to talk to, any entertainment. I'm being fed once a day. And it's just me with my thoughts in a cave. So that's what I did was four nights and three days. um, And it was incredibly profound. It's almost here. The NYX anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. 
Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Deeply well. So you are in a space in pitch black mm-hmm. for multiple days. Yeah. No sense of time whatsoever. None. No, no, this is bedtime. This is wake Mm-mm. time. Like you, you're in a void. Yes. You have no, like you're in the womb. Yes. You have no yes. idea what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know that you're living. Yeah. You're breathing. Mm-hmm. When you're in an experience like that, how do you settle into that mm-hmm. knowing you have multiple days left? Cause I feel like yeah. you'd walk into that room, the door closes oh, and yeah. what happens? Oh yeah. So I go into the room and you have a candle to light where you like blow out the candle and you can do a ritual before you blow out the candle. Okay. So kind of did the ritual and it's kind of like, you're like holding on. You're like, okay, we're going to keep this candle on as long as I can. Blew out the candle, um, went the first night. So the first night's fine because it almost feels like bedtime. You're like, it's pitch black in here. It feels like bedtime. And this is blackness that I've actually never experienced in my life. You can't see your hand this far in front of you. You cannot, it it is no, not a semblance of light. My hand this far in front of me, I can't see. Can't see my body, can't see anything. You like don't exist almost. Um, So the first day you're, um, because your circadian rhythm's thrown off because you're in pitch black, you sleep a lot. So I probably slept, who knows how long, maybe 12 hours the first night. Wow. Got up in the morning and was able to kind of like be in a rest flow. And I had so much um, happening within my pineal gland because it's releasing so much more melatonin Mm. because their circadian rhythm's off that I felt really out of it, but also very peaceful and very good. Um, But then when the founder comes to feed you, so basically he brings the food one time a day. His name's Scott. He puts it in a little box on one side of your cave and then closes the door and then you open it and you can get your food on the other side. So you're eating the whole time. So he comes and he talks to you. He'll check in on you because it's just like a safety precaution to kind of see like what's going on. So when he first came, I was about to go to bed, which I thought was for the first night. I was like, oh my God, I made it the first day. This was amazing. Like I crushed, I was meditating. I was doing all the things. (laughs) I did Reiki all over my body. I was like, I'm amazing. So I'm like about to go to bed. I'm like day one, complete, check, check. And I'm laying and I'm hovering between sleep and awake state. You know, that juicy state where you feel really good. You're like, oh my God, yes, it feels amazing. And he knocks on the door and he's like, hey, Krista, I am pissed. I'm like, this man is coming to wake me up after I'm finishing first day. How rude. This is so late. Like I'm pissed. And and I gave myself permission on this experience. I was like, I'm going to say to Scott, whatever I feel. I went, literally said whatever. I was like, Scott, I really don't appreciate you coming so late. I'm about to go to bed. Next time, can you come earlier in the day? And he's like, Krista, it's 4 p.m. And I was like, oh, oh. (laughs) And that's when I went a little insane. I was like, wow. That is when anxiety just really picked up for me where I was like, 
this is not even the end of the first day. I'm completely awake now and I have so much more to go. I thought I was done with the, like it just threw me. And then I start kind of talking to him. I'm like, why am I here? Am I here for you? Am I here to prove to other people that I can do this? Am I here to like share this with my community? Am I here because I want to feel like I'm cool because I did it? And like, what reasons am I here? Why do I have to learn through pain? Why can't I learn through joy? Why can't I learn through pleasure? Why just going insane? Why am I here? And he's just being so present for it. Like, he's like, I hear you. I'm also like, are you a cult leader? Am I like in your cult? Like, it it was just going crazy and had to come back home to myself, to mother myself, to be with myself, to be with my body and just be present. But that was probably the hardest moment of it. And then the rest of it was more so like grief healing um, process. But there was a moment where I was like, oh, I'm going to go crazy. And that feeling where you kind of want to crawl out of your skin where you're so anxious, you're like, ooh, I want to, I don't know what to do with this energy, but it feels really, really volatile and dangerous. But me giving myself permission to say how I felt and speak my truth and be present with whatever was going to come out was really all I could do because it would be actually psychotic if I was in a cave in a black room lying to this man and being like, I'm all good, Scott. Life's good. (laughs) Like that would be crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm glad I haven't told you these stories yet. I know. This is good. <laughs> We're getting the full like fresh effect. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, God, that takes some guts. Like, Yeah, it's not for the faint of heart. I yeah. wouldn't recommend it to many people. It's the most confronting thing you can do. I think for That's me word, personally, confronting. it's harder than plant medicine. I've done journeys. I'm not like a total expert, but I've done enough. And this is you with you in a way that I don't think we will, I will ever have access to again. Yeah. Oh my God. When you got ready to leave, as you came out of this experience, is it kind of this instantaneous integration Mm -hmm. of the depths that you went to while you're Mm -hmm. in it? Do you take time off afterwards Mm -hmm. to process it? Like as, as they open that door, Mm -hmm. And you felt sun on your skin for the first time. Mm -hmm. Your eyes are kind of like achingly stretching Mm -hmm. open. What was the awareness that dropped in right away? Mm. Well, to be honest, so Scott films you when you come out. So you can like watch the experience. You can be with it. You can kind of see. So we're sitting down. I take off my mask and immediately I'm like, I don't want to perform. Yeah, And so I kind of had this thing where I was struggling with the part of me that wants to perform for people and really recognizing that aspect of me where I'm like, this man wants me to cry. He wants me to say these things. He wants me. So I was actually really fighting with that and not really knowing what to do because I'm trying to not perform, but I'm trying to be authentic. Yeah, And it's just such a focus on the other. So I had a hard time coming out because... I felt that feeling and then I felt the feeling of knowing what I had to do when I got home and knowing the next step of my grief process and what I had to do. I had friends that also got out of the darkness that day that I um, were in different caves, but at the same place. And it was so interesting because when I came out out of the darkness, mine was full grief, full like deep thoughts about conditional love, unconditional love, just all of the experience that I had been going through. And theirs was like joy and bliss. They were like, I love my life. 
I love everything. <laughs> this is like, I was like, wow. so then I also had that comparison where I'm like, yeah. wow, I'm in a different phase as them. Um, but the sensory experience of coming out and really noticing all of that felt really confronting and felt really, um, it felt really painful. But I gave myself a few days to stay on land and be in nature, be off grid as much as I can to really be with myself and myself in the light um, as possible. And they also have a, a healer on site who's amazing. So I worked with that healer again for like four hours and we could really process, which was really, really nice. My God. I know. That's, I mean, what a spiritual feast. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. It truly is. You know, we just, yeah, we so often run from so many different things. And I think in it, I really learned about how to heal and how to mother myself mm-hmm. and how to be with my process. Like I was able to crystallize and, and formulate what exactly it looks like for me to, to feel and to heal. So because I have the time and space, you have more time than you could ever want ever. You know, yeah. a time is just doesn't exist. I was able to like actually go through the process of like something's coming, something's coming up okay, I'm going to actually be present for it, even though it's so scary right now and I can feel how much I don't want to feel this feeling. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to feel fully in the feeling on my knees, crying in bed, you know, moving, emoting, doing all of that, allowing it like the waves to subside, allowing myself to rest, be with myself and then eat like a nourishing meal, have like a warm soup, you know, like, wow, like we just moved a lot of energy. Let's nourish the body. Let's be with the body. Let's be with the self. And then having a moment of a nap or taking a bath, kind of moving away from it. And then maybe 30 minutes later, my higher self would guide me back and be like, all right, it's time. Let's go. Like, let's fucking feel what we need to feel and be where we need to be. And I was able to really witness like how I best move energy in my process and how best I can apply that to my life now, giving myself for permission to feel what it is that's coming up. Yes. Wow. Wow. And I will say just the last thing on the darkness, it was so crazy and creepy almost. Not creepy, but I remember waking up a few times and looking over and it was like the darkness was looking back at me. It was the crazy, I was like, oh, what's up? Like it felt like an entity fully ready to see where I wanted to go and be where I wanted to be. And thinking about how many people had been in that cave, moving through a lot of big things and emotions. I'm like, there's a lot happening in that room. Um, Had to do a lot of clearing before, but it was almost like the divine mother or the womb or like this like being that was just so loving and tender. And I'm someone that grew up scared of the dark. You know, as someone that's psychic and can see things when you're little, that's not fun. Yeah. So to really feel that part of me too was actually really beautiful and befriend the darkness. When you left, did you find that you had more peace when you'd Mm -hmm. encounter darkness, like Mm -hmm. at home, in your life, at night? Yeah. Did it feel triggering afterwards? Mm -hmm. No, I missed it. Yeah. I realized how much I'm not in darkness. Like in my room, there's so many lights that keep us up. So I actually missed like the purity of it and the ease of it. And it, at first when I got out, I was like, never doing that again. Like, mm-hmm. bye-bye. Thank you for my life back. But now that I've been out of it, I'm like, dang, I kind of missed that because my nervous system was mm-hmm. pristine. Like I was mm-hmm. resting. I was... So my relationship with darkness now is really seeing it as this beautiful like cleanser, mm-hmm. this beautiful like just 
Yeah, so much of what is like a destroyer and creator, but like the softness of it, you know, the tenderness of it. Um, that's really helped me feel more balanced in life. Mm. I love hearing you talk about the darkness. Like I have come to love darkness. Oh yeah. Like I walk around my house all night with the lights completely mm. off, like mm-hmm. finding my way through and it yes. to feel so safe in that yes. is so beautiful. Yes. Um, whenever I like host retreats that in a nice safe area, like mm-hmm. in the woods when I'm at Omega, I always encourage everyone to take a dark walk because we don't realize like how often are we allowed to walk and feel safe? No, we're protected. There's no real or imagined boogeyman around the corner and you get to practice everything you described, like being in a new layer of peace with your nervous systems, you know, having a settled heart, a settled spirit, um, an easeful breath mm-hmm. while it's completely dark and unknown yes. and you have no idea what's around you. And mm-hmm. as women, especially, um, we don't really get that opportunity. Yeah. Like very young, we're taught to, you got to be very vigilant, mm-hmm. you especially know, as a black woman. Yeah. You know, yeah. hundred percent. Like being yeah. dark in the woods. What? Like, yeah, that's deep. Yeah. You know, that's, I have my experience, but that's, that's just a different game. It's really special. Just like quickly, I'll say we did, cause I got a lot of questions. Um, we did a, um, when Queen Afua and I had a retreat, Women Who Heal at Omega, which we're doing again, uh, this August, you're on 250 acres of this sacred land. You're in forests. You're surrounded by trees. It's completely safe. You know, there aren't people kind of in upstate New York, like hiding in the woods. Um, and you actually realize how rare that actually is of a feeling and to be able to walk out. And I would walk out sometimes with no flashlight and, you know, just let the stars guide me, let the moon guide me. Sometimes I'd bump into things because I'd be like staring up at God, looking into the cosmos, walking in the pitch black. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that feeling. Mm-hmm. I love the safety and the sovereignty I feel mm-hmm. in the dark. I feel so in command of myself and my body, so in relationship with God, with divine energy. Like it's such a practice in feeling safe. You know, um, that, that kind of aids and informs so many other parts of us. Uh, one of the things that you brought up that, um, when you were first talking about the darkness, which I never get to talk to people about, that's really exciting to me is, you know, you were talking about going into this process and kind of having to really check within the compartments of yourself. Like, why am I doing this? Am I doing this to say I did it? Am I doing this? And I think for some of us, like you and me, I would definitely describe as purists. Like we're really purists when it comes to the healing. Like, I mean, I don't, I haven't even vocalized aloud 90% of, know, you know, the, the <laughs> one day um, of the experiences that I've had or the ways that I've moved through healing. Um, And there does come that point, right, especially if you are a healer Mm -hmm. and if you are seasoned at working your process with yourself, like something I know for us both, we go deep, 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 deep. Deep, deep. We will seal ourselves in a container and really be with whatever it is. Um, And only when 
it's been like integrated and mastered. Mm -hmm. Do we come back up for air Mm -hmm. to share the experience? Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that is the way it's in highest service to others, not to regurgitate information, but to knowledge. Yes. I'm good on all that. But to live it and see how it transformed me and from that space have a divine translation of it. Um, so I say all that to say, I really resonate with that because I, I started thinking that a lot when it came to, like I did every psychedelic imaginable mm-hmm. um, over the last handful of years, mm-hmm. like so many experiences. And I'm not saying that to say like, I do all the psychedelics, <laughs> you know, but it, it takes a, it took a lot of courage for mm-hmm. me. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Especially as someone who didn't even like smoke cannabis until like mm-hmm. my early into mid thirties. That was the first, you know, time. And I love, but (laughs) I know I love your cannabis shit. (laughs) You make me want to smoke. I'm always like, I feel like sometimes I have all these little, these little pre-rolls coming out of every profound thing about it though. You're like, cannabis has helped me, um, be with my hypervigilance. Yeah. And like be in my body in a way that like I wasn't able to be. And I really, you saying that made me realize that's why I was uncomfortable when I would smoke. Yeah. Because it would it would sort of drop the mask of yeah. like, I got to say the perfect thing. I got to say the right yeah. thing. I got it like where I couldn't, uh, the discrepancy between like, I'm saying something that's true and I'm saying something to please people was too hard for me to figure out. Yeah. And so that was really powerful for me, what you said about cannabis. Oof, thank you. It. I mean, I think cannabis is the master um, medicine for getting in your body personally not pushing this on anyone we all have our own relationships also there is a lot of cannabis trauma especially in communities of color because of the amount of people who lost their lives or their freedom because of something that is now almost universally legal so that's a whole other thing it's almost here the nix anniversary sale starts this thursday may 9th at knix.com Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All 
these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Deeply well. You were talking about walking into this experience and fighting um, fighting the ways you were deciding if you should do it or why it was for you or the reasoning behind it. And it's interesting because for myself, that came up when it was time to do more like pleasure work, yes. more embodiment work in the actual body. That's when a lot of my fear came. I found that I was like, I'll do any kind of ceremony, pass that my way. Or yeah, you know, I'll go into the void for, you know, 24 hours and be blacked out and deal with my grief and meet my inner child and do like, I was doing some really, oh, oh, you know, just like deep excavations. But when it came time to learn joy, like that's what required the most surrender from my body, mind, and soul. And that's what scared me the most. Um, but gratefully blessed, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of, lot of amazing people and a lot of beautiful experiences moved me past that. But uh, so another facet of you that is just very epic, um, you know, you're, you have a lot of thriving businesses in this space. Mm-hmm. Like you're a brilliant businesswoman. Mm-hmm. Like you have just an incredible template for what you've set up for your company, what you've set up for all of your creations, all of your mm-hmm. curiosity, all of the tools that you've mastered in the ways that you want to share them. And that in this space is very rare mm-hmm. um, because this space, and when I say space, I'm kind of speaking to what we're referring to as like the wellness mm-hmm. industry or the communities of healers. Like, I think sometimes you find um, it's very rare to find at this moment in time full embodiment in that lane. I think I find that people are in one of two buckets. You're either kind of um, 
finding a way to fully own it. So you have a lot of people that have this kind of fear of prosperity and what that means. And, oh, no, I don't want to charge for it. I don't want to ask for money. And the curriculum is to kind of work through that so you can embody your worth. And then on the flip side, something I see a lot, and I'm not saying this through a lens of judgment. This is not an alignment for me, but I'm not in judgment about it. But then you see other people that it's like, you know, eight-figure coach and I I show people how to do this. And then it's a lot of systems that's not like teaching healing or mindful awareness, but you're teaching people how to get other people to pay you money. It's an MLM. Yes. And so (laughs) it's just really interesting that those are like some of the polarities right now in this space. Yes. And I think you occupy space as such an embodied businesswoman healer archetype. I would love to ask, you know, everything that you put forward is so you as someone that really knows you, like it is so you. Mm -hmm. And I know the amount of time and intention, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, the beautiful modern tarot deck that you created or the law of one and Mm -hmm. all the curriculum you move through in that, or what I'm really excited to speak to the life edit. Mm -hmm. Um, How, how did you really grow your ability to marry both those mm-hmm. worlds and how do you view the way that you marry those worlds? Mm. I just love, I love talking to you. Um, and yeah, I definitely see that in this space as well. And so the life edit was really born from my desire to help really ground a lot of the information that we see in the spiritual space. I realized you know, I had a period in 2019 where I went through like a deep depression and I was so lost and I was just so caught up in all of the work and the tools and the resources and all the things. And I was spending so much time meditating, visualizing, doing affirmations, doing all the things in the mind. Yeah. And I was like, where is the results? Where's the results of all this work that I've been doing? And I really realized that I needed to ground it in the 3D and build positive momentum through action. And so during that period, I was like, how can I actually just focus on what I can do today to build momentum to change my life, Mm -hmm. to hopefully change my life, but to change my state today? And that was starting to do things like rearranging my room, getting rid of clothes that didn't fit. That was cleaning out the cupboards, cleaning out the kitchen, cleaning out old emails, getting rid of old photos of exes, collapsing timelines of old text messages. It really, really expanded, but it was like, really thinking about how we can empower ourselves through these micro actions because we know that the micro actions mean so much. As an example, if we think about getting rid of clothes in our closet, when we're picking up a shirt in our closet, we're not just looking at a piece of clothing or item. Where did we wear that? Who were we with? How does it fit our body? What's the story behind all of it? And there's energy within everything that we do. So if we have a home or if we have our phone or if we have any way of being, there's so much underneath what is actually at the surface. So the conscious existence of the clothing or whatever it is says so much about the subconscious. So the life edit was really my hope to support people in really grounding a lot of the spiritual techniques that exist in the world by actually just giving them tactical things they could do to change their life. Um, So it's psychology, it's feng shui, um, it's energetic work and all of that. But it's always just inspired by what has helped me. It's inspired by what I feel like is missing in the space, what I feel like can actually help people, what I feel like could be a tangible tool. And I've never created something because I'm in service to money or I'm in service to the figures. And I think whenever we think about coaches or businesses that are so, I have eight figures, I have seven figure focused. I'm always like, well, who's your God? 
is your God the figures? Is your God money? Or is your God God? Because my God is God. And that's who's going to lead me to create what I need to create and how I need to create it. Um, so I stay just inspired by my life and what I need and how I can support. And I try and just create things that are like very me because it's just a detour on the path if we try and copy someone else. Yeah. It just takes so much longer to get where we need to go when we're looking at other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. And it just is not a life that I would want to live. And it doesn't mean I have the biggest success in the world. So that's the downfall is I'm successful for sure. But it's not like I'm massive or have so much going on. So it's not like I follow my own path and I blaze my own trail and look at my amazing life of millions of homes or all these things. It just means that I'm more fulfilled being who I am. And I can help quell that like insatiable desire I've always had in life to just do something with my existence here on earth. Like I came yeah. here for a purpose, like a true purpose. And it's always been this like uncomfortable feeling. So my creations are like partly that discomfort I have about being a human here on earth and wanting to create and do something with my time. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I always wonder like when I see... um you know, just, just different ways of being where people are really touting like wealth or, you yeah. know, like the kind of the financial gain of doing work of service. It's, it's always, you know, something I think to myself is, you know, what is it that you want me to know about you through that? You know, what, what is the hope of how you'll be seen or you'll be received? Cause it's like, I mean, I think who doesn't want more money, right? Like we live on earth. There is capitalism. Like there is currency. Mm -hmm. Like needed to live, needed to have access to the quality of life and the felt experience that we want to have. And it's our birthright, right? No one should be suffering. No one should be hungry. No one should be having, you know, the bare minimum in any way, in any aspect of their life. And if the way you position yourself is look at what I have because of the work that I'm doing, I think it's, I think it speaks to a desire in people that's low hanging fruit. Yeah. You know, that's what I used to think too. A lot of the, when you see a lot of like some of like the old school churches and pastors mm -hmm. where it's about wearing all the flashy stuff with your congregation and every week the, you know, the, the sermon is about people pe being motivated about, you know, keep praying that bill's going to get paid or this, mm -hmm. but there's not actually process or there's not like a deeper thing being um, healed or, or awareness is being brought to, mm -hmm. right? It's just, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. And that's also, you know, in the life edit, it's just like about bringing conscious awareness to everything. Yes. One of the sections is about relationships. And like, I think oftentimes we feel discomfort in relationships a lot of times. Maybe we have friends that we have an off feeling about, you know, those friendships where you're like, I don't know, it's not feeling right. It's not feeling aligned. It's not feeling the way it should. And like, how can we release a lot of energy or like really cleanse and clear our space so we can be in pristine energy all the time? Yes. And so the life edit would be, you know, a practice within that is like bringing conscious awareness to those and helping to give you tools to take action on like mm -hmm. the conversation or the releasing or the moving on because all of that subconscious off energy and feeling is affecting us in ways that we 
tend to overlook or not really look at. And when I've been able to really release a lot of unaligned energy or just stagnant energy or energy that no longer serves the version of me that wants to exist in the world, Mm -hmm. I'm able to expand and just feel so much better and have so much more um, beauty in my life. I've had so much more beauty in my life since editing. You know, it's less things, less relationships, less whatever, but it's just more beauty. It's, and having beauty is just, it's so beautiful to exist on earth as a human and experience the beauty of the world. God. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, Mm. that's a mic drop right there. At the end of every episode, Krista, I love to share soul work with all Mm. of our listeners. Um, What is a practice, a thought, a prompt, Mm. a morsel to savor that everyone can enjoy as they move out of listening to this episode and move through the week and kind of Mm. integrate everything that they've heard? Mm. I think in, um, in my work with internal family systems, um, one of the things that I really love about it is just loving what is. And I think that's also, you know, a tool that's been used over time by some spiritual teachers. But when you really think about it, it's like, when we think about all the work in the self-development spirituality space, it's so beautiful because it's helping us into more wholeness. But how can we just be exactly where we are today right now and not in the future we want to manifest in Mm. the relationship we want to be in and the job that we want in the having more money like in the future tripping and just really be like wow I love myself in this very moment in this very outfit with this very relationship with this very job you know I love exactly what is in this moment and Mm. until we're able to love exactly what is as it is we can't move through it and so just being present and loving yourself in whatever phase or stage or process you're in, even if it doesn't feel like it's where you want to be. Mm, I love that. What can you love a little more? Mm-hmm. What can you come in yes. acceptance with yes. a little more? Even if you want it to change at some yes. point. Yes. If it's here right now, yes. it serves purpose. Yes. How can I be with it? Yes. Wow. Yeah. How can everyone connect with you? It's Krista on Instagram, I-T-S-K-R-I-S-T-A, almost 30. It's Krista.com. And that's, that's good. Yeah. That's good. All the things. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> ah, I love you. Thank you for joining us. I love you big time. Mm-hmm. We'll be back next week. Much love to everybody and namaste. Connect with me on social at Debbie Brown. That's Twitter and Instagram. Or you can go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, don't forget, please rate, review, and subscribe, and send this episode to a friend. Deeply Well is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Jacquees Thomas, Samantha Timmons, and me, Debbie Brown. The beautiful sound bath you heard? That's by Gerilyn Glass from Crystal Cadence. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. 
Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.